each and every one of you is working with difficult conditions, issues that people face when they are confronted with their own death, with their own dying process, and also with the pain and the discomfort of that process. Physically and mentally, they're very challenged, probably more challenged than they've ever been. It's very important for us to reflect that in working in this way, in a palliative care situation, to bring more compassion into daily life for ourselves and for everyone we are with. When you come to work in this kind of situation, the, in your hearts you've already come from compassion. You probably moved out of compassion to share what strength, what goodness, what joyfulness, what humor, what ways that you know to bring relief and comfort to others you can. However, when someone is in distress, very often compassion can degenerate and overwhelm us with a sense of sorrow, dejection, sense of helplessness, sense of anxiety, because um, that, that's what they're experiencing and it's contagious. It's very helpful to learn how to settle down in the heart, sit down in our own hearts. Just as we come into this room, we enter the hospice, we come from outdoors where it's raining and it's dark and here it's comfortable, dry, well-lit, well-aired. So we're sitting down and we rest the body. When we're able to sit down in the heart, we can rest the mind or the heart-mind. That's a very important step. If the mind is on fire, if the mind is distressed, we're facing people who are suffering, and their suffering is what draws us to help them, but sometimes overwhelms us. If we're able to face that suffering without losing our own balance, and we can really sit down in our heart, mind, with compassion. You may not think of it that way. You may think, why should I feel compassion for myself? Well, if we are not able to rest in compassion from within, then it's difficult for us to express it outside of ourselves. It's very difficult for us to reach out to another person if you contemplate, the mind can only rest in one state at a time. Let's experiment and see if that's really true. Close your eyes for a moment. Focus on your body. Focus on the pressure of your body as you sit in the chair. Notice the feeling of the weight of your body. Just feel it. Don't think about it. Try not to analyze it. Just feel. Feel the heaviness of your body. Now bring your attention to your breath in your heart. Breathe naturally and just feel your heart area. Now while you're feeling your heart, 
Are you feeling your body sitting in the chair? You're feeling your heart. Let's take it another step. Try to feel your back touching the back of the chair. If you lean back, you feel the support of the chair. Are you able to feel your heart? If you really concentrate on one point, that's where your mind will rest. You can open your eyes now. Coming back to what we were contemplating together, when we are sitting down in the heart, that's just a metaphor that I'm using, and if the heart is distressed, what are you sitting in? You're, in, you're going to be surrounded by your feeling of distress. And your whole mind, your whole body will be tense and anxious. And that distress becomes an expression of the mood of your heart. It's very difficult to separate. Your energy will then communicate distress to another person. So when you're with a distressed person, what you see in yourself, what we discover about our own experience, is exactly what other people experience. So when someone else is distressed and suffering, their energy is communicated to us. And it's very easy for our energy to pick it up and be affected. But if we learn how to breathe in and go back to sitting in a space of compassion and rest, a compassion which is feeling the other person's suffering but not letting it overwhelm us, just by coming back to the sense of restfulness, the sense of the body, the sense of our own good intention, letting go the taint or the darkness that going to a feeling of sorrow would bring upon us, then we can stay with our original sense of compassion for the other person. And realizing that the distress is something that we can communicate compassion to as long as we don't let the reverse process overwhelm us. This is something we can learn. It's just like when it rains, you learn to pull out your umbrella or go inside the hospice building and sit down. As long as we are practicing the meditation together, if you have a question or a difficulty with the technique or the tools that we learn here together, please do not be shy to ask me. There are so many approaches, so many methods of meditation, and we'll go through different styles over the course of these few weeks. Whatever you're experiencing is very important to me. You just have to say, I feel this, or I'm not feeling what you're talking about. What should I do? I may have forgotten to say something. It's not because there's something wrong with you. You can believe more that there's something wrong with me. <laughs> but if you tell me, then I can adjust the speed or the tenor of what we're doing so that it covers everyone. There's, every experience is unique, but there, there definitely are certain things that need to be covered. And one of them is concentration, which is what we're trying to develop by meditating. It's an art. Concentration means balanced emotions. It's a way of balancing our feelings, what comes up in the heart. 
and it's an art that we can learn, each and every one of us. Normally, when we race through life, and we're going so fast, we don't have time to rebalance, reconnect. But when we stop to meditate and concentrate the mind, the mind becomes stable. I mean a point of balance which is secure and not easily toppled over. Compassion, real compassion, must come from that kind of security. The mind learns concentration by focusing in a skillful way and on a stable object. If we're in a state of distress or panic, the mind will not concentrate. It becomes scattered, dispersed, distracted, distressed. Not de-stressed, but distressed. And distress is undermining of compassion. Compassion, real compassion, is a state of non-stress. It's a state that is very spacious, expansive, and it's really empty of any kind of negative qualities in the mind. Meditation helps us to get empty. Yeah, you might ask, what's there to empty? Those of you that were here last week when you sat down to meditate, what was the first thing you might have noticed? Does anyone remember? Did you notice that you had a lot of thoughts going on in your mind? It's the same as what we do when we're rushing in life. When we're rushing around, it's very difficult to be, you can't be still and rush at the same time unless you have learned how to meditate very, very well. Then it is possible to find an equilibrium within the movement. But it's not something you can learn while you're moving. You have to learn it while you're sitting still. And then you learn how to take that stillness into the movement. That, does that make sense? It's a bit like learning how to put on a raincoat. It's hard to learn how to do that when it's raining because we're so worried about getting wet. We can't find the sleeves for the hem. And that's what happens to people very often when they're faced with a life-threatening disease. When you're in a state of anxiety about your physical and mental condition, it's very difficult to practice stillness in that. So our ability to learn how to be really compassionate and still within ourselves is invaluable because we are not ourselves facing. Some of you might have faced this anxiety and come through it and are not able to give and help those who are going through it. But it's much more possible for us to settle down and learn how to be stable and practice real compassion for ourselves and from that place of quiet to reach out to others. That's very important for them because it's an energy that they will automatically feel. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say, here's my compassion. But what we're learning to do is drop down into a space of emptiness where the mind is not running wild with thoughts and worries and fear or negativity about what we're seeing in front of us about the degeneration or the sorrow or the fear that we're seeing in, in our clients.
or any of the people we're trying to care for. As long as we can come back and rest in that quality of real compassion, we have a gift, a true gift to offer them. Otherwise, we only offer them more anxiety. And that's detrimental. We might think our presence is soothing, but it, it might not be. That might be very deluded. Now the thunderclap has announced that it's time for us to do a little bit of meditation. We'll sit for about 15 minutes, and I'll keep the time. There are two things. If you notice that your mind is wild, there's nothing wrong. That's normal. If you feel like you cannot get settled, don't worry. Just the fact that you are able to notice that your mind is wild is already meditation. Most people who are running around, as we usually do, are too busy to even notice how busy they are. Before you came into this room, you were probably in that kind of a state. So busy that we don't realize how busy we are. The act of stopping and being aware that we are trying to stop is very important. What we really want to do is come back to that awareness and not buy into the story, the interesting story that our thoughts are trying to distract us with. The story could be anything. I'm tired, I'm bored, I don't like this, I want to do something else, I can't meditate, I'm hopeless, this isn't for me, I came to the wrong course, I could spend my time in a better way. This is negative thought. But our awareness of those thoughts is already meditation. The whole practice of meditation is sharpening awareness. Awareness that is sharp will help us to concentrate the mind and come back to the present moment. The present moment by itself is empty of thought, is pure, and is a place of security and stillness. I just want to encourage each and every one of you to make a dedication. In that act of dedicating, we are expanding the field of our meditation. It's not just for us. This is for the benefit of ourselves, so that we can then be of benefit to others. It's a very noble and pure intention. Bring up in your hearts the image of someone that you love, someone dear to you, who may be struggling, may be able to benefit from this kind of practice. So let's try it for a few minutes. Just listen. Listen with an empty ear and an empty mind. Listen with all your heart. <laughs> 